0: Hello and welcome to Are You a Weezer Fan? I'm Bill, here with John. I made four episodes and got fired as producer. That's true. The show that brings you the chronological story of Weezer history, music, and lore. Bill, what are we doing today? Well, John, we are on our journey in Pinkerton where we want to get a grasp of the pop culture happening at the time of this album's release. Because we might not be there yet. But very soon, pop culture and Weezer are intertwined. Not that Weezer is so important in pop culture, but that Rivers will start mining anything he can from the culture around him. And I think it's going to roll into a big old ball real soon here. Yeah, so we're just kind of, I mean, setting that up
1: a little bit. We're back to our Weezer-themed I Love the 90s. Yeah. Uh This time, the Pinkerton Cycle, Chapter 2. We got the years 1996
0: through 1998. Yeah, Um, the whole thing's also very interesting to see where the culture's at as a whole and how they receive Weezer at this point. Because as we know from our last episode, they were not well-received after this last album.
1: No, uh, Pinkerton was critically a mixed success, uh, but commercially a massive, massive failure compared
0: to the blue album. Um, and yeah, so we're going to dive into what was popular and also underground and starting up in the years of 1996, 1997 and 1998 to maybe get better insight onto why, uh, Pinkerton tanked. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, but before we hop into 1996, Bill, we got to update where were we at? Uh, it's 1996.
0: Where are you, Bill? How do I always forget you're going to ask this question? I don't know because it's my favorite bit. Um. So what I am happy uh, for now, because last episode we were both uh, not people enough to have any actual memories for the most part, uh, starting in 96, I pretty much remember I'm I'm sentient at this point. I remember 96, 97 and 98. I was living in Mokina, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. I was really into wrestling. I was starting to hear music and understand music. I believe Queen was a big takeaway for me. And I was beginning my obsession with aliens and UFOs because of the Fox television network showing nothing but X-Files and alien autopsy videos. Okay. Uh, by the end of 1996, I was
1: three years old. Okay. Um, okay. I would like to think at this point, um, even though I probably understood literally none of it.
0: Um, I, 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 I liked baseball a little bit. Um, <laughs> start to take it in through osmosis.
1: Yeah. You know, maybe playing some catch, maybe, uh, you know, hitting a wiffle ball off a tee, can, stuff like that. Can, um, can
0: three year olds throw a ball? I honestly can't range a child. Nor can I. I'm horrible Mm. at that. How old is this thing?
1: Mm. No, no idea. Can can
0: it throw a baseball?
1: (laughs) Three, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, three. All right. Uh, But no, yeah, by the end of 96, I was three. Uh, Music and Weezer for sure was not a thing in my life. Uh, There may have still been, you know, whatever cartoon theme songs. Uh, maybe some baby Einstein in
0: there as well. But yeah, uh, I, w- I was three by the end of 96. Ran, I think that sums us up as toddlers and infants.
1: All right, then, well, let's get to the big world events that happened that we have no recollection of. No, no, no. Fuck you. Like
0: I just said, I, r- I recall some of these. things. <laughs>
1: All right, you recall some of these things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Bill, do you recall when Disney bought ABC?
0: Oh yeah. Fucking drop a corporate buyout on me. Yeah. Uh, No, I don't, but I have read many books uh, about Disney and specifically about this buyout. And it is interesting. It, I don't think this is like a hallmark moment of, um, monopolies starting to take over America, but I think something about like the monoculture of America starts, Kind of starting to fade away because of all this corporate buyouts that start happening. It's weird to explain. It's like the more monopolies that happen, the less people had in common, I felt like. okay uh, And I feel like monoculture is
1: good for Weezer.
0: I, I, I absolutely agree, for sure.
1: Um, okay, so yeah, uh, Disney buys ABC. Uh, for some reason, two of these recaps in a row, we have a different bomber. Uh, the Unabomber is arrested in
0: 1996. He answered that way. I can't say that on the
1: air. Yep, no, please don't do that. Okay, keep going. Okay, um, yeah, <laughs> on to the next one. Uh, this was a big thing that happened. Uh, Tickle
0: Me Elmo was the hot toy of 1996. Uh, See, and I feel like I was already too old old for Tickle Me Elmo, but you probably were the right age for Tickle Me Elmo. I was likely the right age for it. I don't remember having one. That's because they were impossible to get. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, all right. The Who, uh, the, they played their first show since 1989. Um, it was in the UK and they played to 150,000 people. I still don't think this is that important. It's not that important, but it's cool, and it's a fun rock and roll note. It's a big-ass rock and roll show, Bill. Okay. Um, all right,
0: well, what else happened? Oh, God, there's more bombings. Uh, the 1996 Olympics were in the U.S. this year, and uh, there was a bombing, and there's a whole movie based about the, fuck, I wish you had more details, the security guard that reported the bomb cleared out a bunch of people, saved a bunch of lives, and got the entire thing blamed on him because he was really bad at public speaking is pretty much what it comes down to interesting so
1: he actually did the right thing and then he talked out of his ass and it sounded like he was well yeah like it trying was to just do the hero thing they of just like started what if to i start the, the fire and then put out the fire
0: right but he didn't but that is what everybody was like well how'd you know it was a bomb and he's like Be- because uh and then that was it oh fuck's sake yeah practice okay. practice your public speaking everybody
1: yeah uh well speaking of practicing your public speaking uh bob dole
0: bob dole Dole. um so i specifically remember this would have been first grade i believe my grandpa telling me to vote for bob dole in the election not bill clinton you have to vote for bob dole so in our little mock class election i took the chuck and i put a tally under bob dole okay um Good to know. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for yeah. that. Nope. I voted for Bob <coughs> Dolan in 96.
1: Well, I mean, thank God it didn't count, right? Oh, yeah, um yeah. Uh, another massive, massive thing, um, uh, you know, toy as well, like Tickle Me Elmo, but way more influential to us in uh, 96. The N64 Ooh. is dropped
0: in the United States. Yes. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, what a, was your first N64 game, Bill? I got a 64. Probably more towards the end of where we're going to land, 98, and um, James Bond, I think, was like the package game with it, but I also got Mario Kart 64. Okay. um, I also probably got
1: mine around 98-ish uh maybe 99 at the latest it was probably christmas 98 is when i got mine uh i was a super mario 64 mario kart 64 and banjo kazooie nut at that time Um, but yeah i'm still a couple years ahead of myself at this point um all right the dolly the sheep uh the first a mammal cloned
0: from an adult cell Um, it's so weird because again, I, I remember like news coverage of this as being like one of the most important things to ever happen. And I feel like nothing came of it. Like the world didn't change. We didn't keep, I mean, I, I
1: believe, I think a lot of that research got banned and I may be totally wrong on that, but we'll probably learn that in later episodes. Maybe I,
0: I do believe that there is a cloned human at least one clone human in existence. There's no way they did a sheep and haven't done a person for 25 years. I mean, yeah, probably, but that's not what this show's about. Um, what this show also
1: isn't about is the very <laughs> more tragic- More wild <laughs>
0: conspiracies?
1: Yeah, more wild conspiracies. Uh, in 1996, uh, tragic death of six-year-old John JonBenet Ramsey in Boulder, Colorado. A uh, child pageant star was found dead in her home- uh, after long, crazy trials and processes and the court, you know, the case been given from one department back to the DA, back to another department, blah, blah, blah. blah. Pa- the parents are supposedly cleared in all of this.
0: Never solved.
1: Um, but yeah, unsolved murder of a six year old beauty queen in Boulder, Colorado. John I hate, Ramsey. hate the term six year old beauty queen. Oh, Likewise. I hate Let's, that uh, so much.
0: Not do that
1: again. Um, yeah, like child beauty pageants should die, yeah. but not their contestants. <laughs> uh, Jesus, that was fucking horrible. I'm gonna cut that. No, you're keeping that. I'm. I'm I feeling don't. unhinged today,
0: John. Uh, I like this.
1: Same. Okay. Uh, Bill, movies came out in '96. They did. Um, with, with Matilda, one of my favorites. Uh, I great one. um.
0: So I kind of took, at a very early age, probably about five or six, a stance against all the witch movies that were coming out in the 90s. There was a lot of them. I don't know why. I've recently been rectifying this and watching all of these. Okay, I hope so. Because um, Hocus Pocus, I was like, more witches? No way, Matilda. Witches? I'm out. Escape to Witch Mound? Uh-uh. I don't think so. Yeah, um,
1: I, I like I could see that for you as a kid, for being, being Super like into a, Mortal Kombat yeah, yeah, yeah. and into Power Rangers, just like no, no, fuck this. But um, yeah, no, Matilda was great. Uh, the original Scream
0: comes out. That um, is definitely a hallmark for. Um, oh, something that I know is going to come up later. So, like Scream, kind of killed the slasher movie as we knew it because of the parody. It's a parody, but it's not a comedy, but they're taking the tropes of past things and going like, Hey, isn't this a stupid trope? And it's done. It ends it It screams kind of like a changing point for horror. And we will see that happen with different genres of
1: movies, I think later in this episode, yeah, but yeah, that, that definitely that's why, that's why in I'm the next few episodes. Um, yeah, but we still get some great movies this year. We get, uh, I mean, Space Jam comes out. That one's always great. Uh, Happy Gilmore comes out. Uh, another one of my childhood favorites, James and the Giant Peach, the half animated, half live action uh, kind of deal.
0: Yeah, uh, kind of like writing the coattails of... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas's success with the spooky claymation, which kind of is the only way we get claymation from the 90s forward Coraline, line. And if you're not spooky, you're not going to be claymated.
1: Yep. Uh, and the last one I wanted to drop on this list was uh, the number one movie of the year, Independence Day.
0: Yeah, that was a big. Uh... Oh, well, so the interesting thing with Independence Day is Independence Day comes out. Mars Attacks comes out the same year. A couple months later, and everybody keeps thinking Mars Attacks is supposed to be a parody, parody movie of, of Independence Day, but that's not true at all. Oh, that's a bummer. They were in production at the same time, and Mars Attacks is clearly a take on like '50s sci-fi movies, not okay. like modern sci-fi movies. Did
1: you know that Mars Attacks is uh, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice's favorite movie? <laughs> John, you can't say thirty rock quotes like they're facts. Just like declaring friends of the pod, that is my power with this microphone. We're feeling spicy today, Bill. Uh, let's keep it going. Well, any no, any wait, more movies wait, you well, want to hit on?
0: No way, because like, so last time we did a whole year in review, we did movies, but we realized that we didn't do TV. I think we should add TV. I completely
1: agree. Um, so yeah, we got a couple TV premieres this year. Um the Steve Harvey show, I've never personally liked him, but that show happened
0: and he's it was a, he's a good a thing. host of a family feud
1: uh, uh no comment <laughs> um so a follow-up to our last one. Uh, we had talked about the O.J. Simpson trials and how that kind of jump-started like the 24-hour news cycle and th- being one of the most watched things. Another thing that I kind of think came out of this was season one of like a 25-season show now at this point. is uh, Judge Judy.
0: That is interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it was the whole court TV type uh, coverage of OJ that kind of sparked the we want judge TV shows now. Yeah because I kind of think like somewhere in a room it's it's like man like
1: you know just like God I can't believe I'm doing another 30 Rock uh, but just <laughs> like Jack Donaghy faked the uh, natural disaster for Views Like, what if we just show mundane bullshit court procedurals and spice it up with, like, a celebrity judge and have it all be fake? Like, we don't need a massive celebrity trial. If people want to watch this kind of stuff, we
0: can make it entertaining and milk it. That's interesting. Uh, That's weird. But then also we're at the... Uh, maybe what are we 96 maybe like the peak of just giving comedians TV shows well I mean like Steve Harvey show but then also everybody loves Raymond kicks off here all kind of in the wake of uh, Seinfeld which is still dominating uh, ratings at this point
1: yeah at this point the biggest the biggest shows are still uh, Seinfeld we've got Friends is in the top five um, Simpsons I believe I don't think they cracked the top five. Didn't crack it, but uh, we're, we're at peak Simpsons, though. Yeah, for some... The number three show in 96 was... I'm showing Suddenly Susan? Suddenly Sue's Down? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no comment. We're not getting into more TV. No. no. Okay, <laughs> we're going oh, on Jesus to uh, some celebrity births of the year. Okay, yeah. People were born in 1996. Uh, we got a lot of the uh, SoundCloud rap that's going to be happening... We're I mean, it happened just off, a couple years ago yeah. now, but yeah, um, so uh, in 1996, we get Lil Xan, Lil Peep, Playboy Cardi, and uh, a alleged or convicted sex
0: criminal Takeshi 6 9 Sex know. criminal? I thought he was a snitch. No, I
1: thought he was a sex criminal. I know a snitch.
0: Takeshi. Uh, yeah, let's
1: find that real quick. Uh, yeah, okay, so we're going to go for dead air there for a little bit. But also uh Bill, while you find this information for us on takeshi six nine uh, uh on a much lighter note uh burst in ninety six is the very cute couple of Zendaya and Tom Holland. oh what a wonderful like
0: i i there's something in me that really wants them to just stay together forever. <laughs> I know every Dang, celebrity they're, couple they're really couple cute. just like ends up falling apart tragically, but maybe they'll make it, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of bad things on Takeshi 69's uh Okay, that's not what this show's about. Okay, no, let's let's move on. You're <laughs> you're uh, mostly correct though. Yeah. Uh okay, mostly correct. Uh the,
1: some people died in 96. Um one that I wanted to hit on was Carl Sagan dies in 96. Uh he's not important to music at all.
0: No, I uh, honestly didn't know that he lasted like that long. Kind of same. Uh, cuz
1: somebody else more in music that I don't think I I realized last this long was Ella Fitzgerald.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's also also passes in 19. Very true. Uh, Bradley Noel of sublime dies, which ends, uh, sublimes. Well, sublime hadn't even really taken off yet. He is almost the Kurt Cobain role where after he dies of an overdose, uh, their newest album just explodes. Yes. um, and then after that,
1: a bunch of copycat bands actually kind of start jumping off, even bands. Well, I mean, now you're not even really copycats, bands that had been doing the same stuff for a while. But yeah. like after the...
0: No, it definitely helped the uh, the ska explosion that we're about to be in the middle of. Okay, yeah. And we're going to get back to that conversation later.
1: Uh, last musical important death of the year in 1996 was Tupac. I
0: thought you said this wasn't a conspiracy podcast, John. It's... Not because we're not going to get
1: into any of that. We're just going to say that Tupac was shot and killed. That happened. Yes. Yep. Who did it? Who knows? (laughs) Probably not the guy in the backseat, but also probably the guy in the backseat. Uh,. bill what actually happened in music in 1996
0: i thought we were gonna keep it tight today what happened i I think we are keeping it tight we're cruising all right um the the top song i feel like this harkens back to um i saw the sign being the number one of uh, 93 but the Uh, macarena is the number one of 96 or what year are we uh we're in 1996 still we're in 1996 the macarena is the number one song of 1996
1: interesting because i'm seeing that this song actually charted on the billboard top 100 year end charts twice twice oh lord oh yeah the macarena so big the the bayside boys mix becomes the number one song of the year by a long shot and then just the standard version charts again um i don't have them in front of me but i believe it was down in like 96
0: yeah, I mean, I think the modern equivalent of a song like this com- would be a size Gangnam style, like destroying charts out of a not non-English song that's just super catchy and fun to dance to. But also Macarena has the stupid little hand dance to go with it. I hate songs that tell me how to dance. <laughs> I know.
1: It's my, it's my least favorite type of song. I agree with you. Okay. Um, all right. But what
0: else was pretty big? I mean, uh, Uh, top albums. So like we are still in a big pop era. Like we were saying the whole rock music kind of dipped and we're in that dip right now. Celine Dion had the number one album of the year. Spice girls had the number two album of the year. Okay. Matchbox 20, I guess would be the closest thing to their rock band. It feels more adult contemporary, but yeah. Um, and we've got goo goo dolls coming in with a, number 24
1: song on the year but yeah I mean we've got the Macarena we've got uh Mariah Carey Celine Dion Mariah Carey again Bone Thugs uh Quad City DJ is coming in with another yeah like looking at
0: looking at songs Quad City was honestly one of the first one like it takes me that long down the list to be able to recognize it off the top of my head oh you know we've got Alanis Morissette ironic at number 13 Mm.
1: so that's probably the biggest.
0: Yeah, Jagged Little Pill came out this year, which was a huge album just for the alt scene. Yeah. uh, The
1: alt scene, which really is kind of still burgeoning at this time. So... It it's it is but I, it, it's I guess like an umbrella term that's figuring out its subgenres that are going to kind of emerge from it still at this point i feel like
0: it is but i think that is what we're looking at we're looking at the top songs and albums and they're all these pop singers and alt alternative actually means something yeah it means not pop music and that gives you things like uh beck who puts out his most famous album i'd say uh yeah, so Odele is probably still his
1: biggest one, I would say. Um, and that's the follow-up to 94's Mellow Gold. Um, and this one a lot of hits that you would probably know from Beck. And it, it was kind of written uh after the first one, a lot of people were saying Beck might be a one hit wonder, and he was doing a bunch of weird shows, and it was just like, all right, man, like who's who's this guy? He wrote one good song. <laughs> um and he's like no like i'm gonna get into the studio and you know do a traditional uh rock album process and he knocked out fucking outlay and it was killer um it is a solid album some other fun ones in 96 in the you know rock alternative whatever uh genre of rock scene we got cakes fashion nugget i fucking love cake where you at on cake
0: i don't understand cake Okay, that's fine.
1: Uh, we got Tools Enema. Uh, I I love Tool. It's always been a favorite of mine.
0: Yeah, this was the fur their first long play EP. Nope. second LP. Or
1: LP, second LP. They had the Opiate EP back in the day, then Undertow in '93. But Enema is definitely one of their
0: more okay. Famous. So yeah, Enema is the first one with the bass player that everybody actually loves and enjoys. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so we already talked about the Sublime
1: self-titled that really did blow up this year. Uh, Bill, you had mentioned in one of our last episodes that New Metal is coming. New Metal is
0: coming. There's nothing you can do about
1: it. New Metal is here. Corn Drop's life is peachy in 96. Uh, It's a big deal. Uh, One that I love, uh, Fountains of Wayne. I don't know why we have to talk about Fountains of Wayne. Because they're going to come back in seven years and their self-titled comes
0: in now okay so in like four months when we get there i'll try to remember this moment okay um the british invasion is happening oasis and blur are on the charts but I, i always thought that they'd be much higher up on the charts but they're really chilling around the 40s and 60s area which leads me more to believe that they're topping college radios and alternative charts which is where all the cool kids are listening to their music
1: Okay, that makes sense. Um, So you said Oasis did make it onto the year end. Where did they end up? Yeah, Wonderwall was around
0: 40 for um, uh, Billboard Top 200. Uh,
1: I've got Oasis Wonderwall at 56 on the year end 100. Wonderful. Okay, so yeah, not too bad. Um, And we had decided that this was British Invasion 3.0, at least.
0: No. uh, How would it be
1: 3, John? Okay, so. We've got one with the obvious Beatles and Beedle Rolling Stones. Stones. Then you could really go a couple different branches for two.
0: This that not sounding
1: like a tooth. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you, if you were more punk minded, you could say that, like, a Clash Sex Pistols would be kind of like a 2.0. No,
0: because we invaded that, we Ramones went to them and created them. Ramones are number one in this situation, baby. But
1: you're not going to tell me that it was not a fucking major debate in the U.S. over who started it and who was bigger and more important
0: Ramones was it the Ramones Ramones in the Velvet Underground in New York or was it the Clash and
1: the Sex Pistols in the UK like I'm not saying things that haven't been said before Bill outrageous it's not outrageous um uh, but then I mean there's also uh, what who were some of the other 80s Brits um
0: where's Duran Duran from
1: probably the uk if not somewhere (laughs) in western europe either Um, way
0: i'm not giving it to you this is british invasion number two
1: okay so we're calling this one number two i am that that's fine all right we'll call it number two somebody call us out apparently there's people that listen to the show so if you're listening (laughs) to this tell us that we're so wrong and why we're on the fifth one already in 1996 please i'd love that um but yeah bill we should probably just jump into some music at this point yeah Um, let's
0: uh I was gonna say
1: let's chill out. Hey,
0: Macarena. Yeah, I don't think this is gonna relax me at all. Yeah, um, yeah. The number one song of 1996. Oh, we didn't even mention uh, Macarena is by an artist called Los Del Rio. Los Del Rio. Yes, uh, and we're gonna
1: be listening to the number one version, the Bayside Boys remix uh, of the Macarena by Los Del Rio.
2: that is so de the Macarena, my
0: boyfriend. so goddamn unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> like- what? Yeah.
1: What a what a wild song to be the number 1 track of 1996. Like
0: across the world number 1. Yeah, it was really huge fucking everywhere. Um And also to their credit, like you were saying, they don't tell you how to dance to the song. You need the music video to know how to dance to the song. Okay. So to their credit, that is a big
1: thing. They're not yeah. telling you how to dance. They're not telling you how to dance. There is just a dance associated with it. Yes. That's, that's much, much better.
0: And apparently our also unhinged, uh, English vocals do come from the Bayside boys mix. <laughs> I thought you were going to say from the girl from that dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be <laughs> very Weezer of me. Oh, fuck, sake. Okay. Um, Yeah, Bill, that song, it it happened. That was funky. Um, It happened a lot. (laughs) It happened for like over four minutes. It shouldn't have
0: been doing that. It happened for over like a year and a half. (laughs) That's so, to clarify too, that song was released in 95 and then it just kind of chilled for a bit and then peaked and took over the world in 96, which is crazy. Okay.
1: Yeah. Much like every one of the top hits of the year until we get into a year where I'm like a person, I don't have much to say about this one. So do you want to listen to some rock and roll that I at least have feelings about? Yes, please, John. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you thinking, Bill? Uh, You you give us a Beck selection first. Oh, yeah. Let's listen to some Odellay. All right. Um, Yeah. One of my favorite bands. Love me some Beck, but let's just listen to a top hit. Beck, where it's oh, at.
2: Jambery handouts, two a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that? I two, a Where's that?
1: Bill, I don't think Beck's going to be a one hit wonder. <laughs> No, I suppose not. That's a pretty pretty nice follow-up to Loser there. And mind you, that's like one of the big hits on Odile.
0: True, but also um, I don't think he did it all himself. I mean, obviously there's other musicians, but what I'm trying to get at right. here is uh, I just learned a lot during that listen-through because I was checking out some credits on Odelé. Um That song uh, specifically... Should and does have a lot of feelings of a Beastie Boys song because the producers of this album are the Dust Brothers who did all of the sampling work and beat making for Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and there, also, that is a sample-heavy song we just
1: heard. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's also a very big like electric piano and or organ song. Correct, there are John.
0: Three musicians. Yes, and does credited
1: do, with the organ.
0: Do one of those names ring a bell to you? Oh God, I mean, yeah, Beck. Beck obviously. Beck Hansen. <laughs> uh, Money Mark is the longtime keyboard player for. The Beastie Boys. Oh, the Beastie Boys. And okay. That definitely has a feel of something of License to Ill or um, Check Your Head. I th- I think he's playing the lead on that one. That would be my guess. Yeah, that makes a hell of a lot of sense.
1: Um, but also, you know, in typical Beck fashion, he is credited for four instruments and vocals on this one. Uh, you've also got a trumpet and a saxophone that come in just at the right time you yeah, get samples that are great song. uh beck is probably the best musician i've ever seen play live like in terms of just pure musicality um it just my god the man is on a different level than most everyone else i don't know who that would be for me
0: that's interesting
1: but um, let's let's I, keep rolling okay Uh, Bill, next we got something from Sublime. It's going to be off the self-titled that dropped in 96. Yeah.
0: What uh, are are we thinking? The big hit? Yeah, I think we should just crank out what I got, actually. That's the biggest one, right? I mean, technically, Santeria is the highest play. No, I'm feeling what I got. All right, yeah, what I got. Did you ever go through a Sublime phase? Um, with the Greatest Hits album, probably when I was like 11 or 12, but like trying to go back into Sublime, you'll realize a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, likewise. I mean, I was a little bit later... Uh, to get into it because I was less musically inclined at 11 and 12. <laughs> but at like 15 and 16, I was a white dude who smoked weed <laughs> in high school.
0: So Sublime was a big deal for a couple yeah, of years. Of course. Of course. Um, but, but what you learn, now it's tough. Well, what you learn is that like 40 ounces of freedom is a pretty good album. And the self title album is a really good album. And then you realize you're skipping something in the middle because Robin the hood is not good. And it's the lack of direction and production. And I think the biggest takeaway from that is that what I got the song we just listened to was completely put together by the producer. Bradley Knoll was just freestyling with an acoustic guitar, doing just the vocals and acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And when he came back the next day, the producer said, hey, listen to this, because the drums are all sampled. Uh, I believe they laid the bass down later, later, but it does go to show how good of a singer and melody writer Bradley is. But, like, Sublime needed production to be what Sublime is, we think of.
1: Yeah, and that's why their demos and more raw-sounding stuff and less direction-driven music is much more of a mess than the four or five, (laughs) like, polished hits that we all know and love. Oh, the
0: greatest hits, Um, those ten songs by Sublime are great absolutely but yeah um sublime bradley knoll um okay lord we got two more years we should probably really crank these out huh yeah okay uh
1: bill we are gonna run through 97 let's go 1997 bill uh things happen as they do in 1997
0: i feel like less things happened yeah,
1: um, <laughs> but one that's interesting to me, January 1st, the emergency alert system is introduced in the U.S. Um, so what is nowadays, like anytime there's like a flash flood warning or an amber alert and like everyone's phone in the bar goes off at once, uh, the very introduction precursor system to that starts January 1st, 1997. That's kind
0: of fun. Hey, HBO's trying to do that for streaming right now, too. All right.
1: What do you know? Uh, Also in 1997, Madeleine Albright becomes the first female secretary of state. 97 is too late for that, but you know, it's fun. (laughs) Um, US is catching up.
0: Yeah. uh, We're also catching comets. Holy shit. Heaven's gate cult kills themselves.
1: Oh man. Yeah.
0: So that was a 39 or 30
1: something. Oh man. I don't know. uh, Cultists in heaven's gate. Uh, Either way, it was a mass
0: suicide um, you cut off your testicles, you put on the Nikes, and you get in your tracksuit and lay down in bed, and you do not get out of bed. Okay. That's
1: not as fun as the Spice Girls mania
0: that was <laughs> happening in
1: 1997. It's almost as fun. Uh, like, no, I would say it's about as fun as the girl, time girl Mike powered. Tyson... It bit the ear off of Vander Holifield, uh because that happened in 1997.
0: Uh, Wait, what did you tell me? He said he punched it off?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, apparently, uh, after Mike Tyson bites off part of the ear of Evander Holifield during a boxing match, uh, after all the scrum, like, the referee comes over and he says, apparently the fight's going to continue going, but, like, you're going to be penalized points because you bit him mike tyson's like no man i just i just punched him i, just, I punched it off and the ref is like Bull, bullshit absolute bullshit um yeah
0: wild wild uh but that happened in 97 you know what else it was too late for to finally happen is the wnba's first game okay yeah, wnba finally
1: starts in 97 that's fun maybe um, we could
0: have been doing that before 1997
1: yeah, we should have absolutely been doing that before nineteen ninety seven. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be the late nineties if we weren't talking about bombings in America. <laughs> Bill, uh, Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, is yeah, sentenced to death. So um, we
0: got we got two of them in this in this span. Yeah, Ca- caught two of them. Um, John, a first craft was on. Uh, first craft landed on Mars. I was gonna have you explain everything you tried to tell me earlier but i don't think we have time so we're gonna keep moving yeah no there was a spacecraft
1: that made it to mars us made okay there we go princess diana dies in 97 and her funeral was a big deal i mean her death was a big deal obviously and the funeral
0: was uh, watched by 2 billion people worldwide yeah if you thought the uh like royal wedding and stuff these past couple years was big news like not even close Yeah,
1: absolutely insane. Um, But, yeah, those were some of the big events of 1997. Movie and TV in 1997.
0: Bill, what do you got? Um, Let's start with the number one movie. We'll come back to some of these things. But let's start with the number one movie, Titanic. Okay, yeah, Titanic. Which stayed as the number one film until Avatar came out. James Cameron had to beat himself to have the next number one movie.
1: Jesus Christ. Okay. What do you know? Um, and then continuing on with the theme of kind of like movies that broke genres in a way. Uh, Austin Powers comes out in 1997.
0: Yeah. So that's where I'm starting to look at. There might be something to culture at the time where we're taking tropes of like big pop culture things and breaking them. And I'm wondering where that falls into music as well maybe that was nirvana where we broke like the big hair metal band tropes i'm not too sure but something's happening in the 90s with like spoofing things to the point where they don't exist anymore
1: well i think that'll be interesting to come back because i think we see uh later on in the 2000s uh, walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story somewhat kill the musical biopic for a I, good five to ten years.
0: Yeah, I wish it killed him for longer, but yeah, it did stave him off for a yeah, little bit, for at least a bit. Um, okay, so Hercules, the animated Disney film, comes out. Yeah, um, we're kind of at the end of the Disney Renaissance um, because, kind of because DreamWorks is about to do its own thing, but that's a couple years away.
1: Yeah, but either way, good film. Uh, we get a follow up to Scream. We get Scream Two. That's always fun. Uh, Chasing Amy, great movie. Men in Black was one of my favorites as a kid, but um, not a huge year for movies, it yeah. seems, really uh, outside of Titanic. Well,
0: yeah, so we had enough room that uh, Star Wars gets re-released in theaters with George Lucas's special editions, which is a whole thing <laughs> that we could talk about on a different tangent.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be interesting to look at as well, just in the uh, sense of, like we had talked about, is Weezer just lucky to be around at the right time for the growth of like nerd culture really making its way into the mainstream or are they somewhat drivers of it uh, I, but yeah the, these 97 re-releases were my introduction to star wars as a child
0: same which leads me to uh err on the side of weezer's right place right time
1: you completely agree star
0: wars kind of died for a bit in the late 80s early 90s and this mid 90s launch Put it back in the mainstream. And it was, you know, pretty much the exact same hype that it
1: was back in the late 70s when it originally came out. But now these nerds were bringing their kids, which included both of us. Uh, It was was a huge deal for youth nerd culture uh, because all these fucking parents that were you know young in the late 70s we're now bringing literally us to this shit yeah um so yeah uh, 97 releases uh really good tv one that we have to hit on um
0: there is some really good tv this year actually Buffy the Vampire Slayer starts up uh after the movie came out uh Daria starts up after the spin off. so we got Again, Spice Girls, girl power. We are taking over the world. Well, and Daria doesn't just start up, but in a season one episode of
1: Daria, features uh, The Good Life by Weezer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're a Weezer podcast. Um, Another, I mean, is it a spinoff? I think it is a spinoff.
0: You don't, that's a
1: whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation, but it's one of the greatest shows of all time. King of the Hill comes out in 1997 um it but it's a huge year for animation in a different regard because 1997 is also when we get the pilot of south park
0: yeah it's kind of the uh like i was saying earlier simpsons is massive right now so adult animation is finally about to have its like time in the sun so south park starting up king of the hill starting up we're gonna get all these like really good shows and um i mean kids animation is still doing good we got a recess for disney premieres this year okay yeah i was a fan of that um but there was a sad note in children
1: animation as well um an episode of the pokemon anime aired <laughs> oh, in japan yeah. and like a bunch of kids had seizures because i guess there were like some strobe lights
0: effects well it was a uh, porygon episode and whenever porygon would be on screen it would just flash a bunch of colors Uh, And anybody sitting too close to their TV or anybody who had epilepsy was put into a seizure. And they didn't catch it the first time. Like, they weren't able to figure it out. So it did air twice, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well,
1: that's media in 97. Bill, uh, we got some people that are born in 97. Um, Continuing along in this, like, SoundCloud rapper Kind of era. We got Lil Yachty and Kodak Black this year. Um, We get some reality stars that are starting to make me sad. We get Jake Paul and
0: Kylie Jenner. Jake Paul, brother of wrestler Logan Paul, which is the only thing I'll acknowledge Logan Paul from because he's really good at wrestling.
1: Okay. Uh, Simone Biles, American gymnast, uh, champion, Olympic champion as well, I believe. There we go. Uh, and then, I'm gonna butcher the name, I apologize, I believe it is Jung Cook. uh, you may know him as the youngest member of Korean pop group, uh, BTS. Wow. Yeah, they took over the world, what was that, 2021, 2022, they were- the biggest thing in the world i think still might be i think still might be yeah uh people died in 97 as they do uh non-musically uh one that makes me sad chris farley oh i thought you were gonna say the other one
0: <laughs> mother Teresa. also died. that one doesn't make me quite as sad um, um i didn't sorry. know john denver was alive until 1997 his plane crash was 97
1: yeah 97 um John Denver. That's a shame. Uh, we also get Jeff Buckley goes in 1997, um, but then probably the biggest one, at least publicized musically. Well, no, I mean, maybe John Denver because he had the plane crash.
0: Uh, but Biggie, yes, uh, Biggie the, Smalls. The follow up slash retaliation to the Tupac death. Yeah. Um it was a wild time in hip-hop in the 90s. They
1: totally weren't done by the same person. I don't know what you're talking about. Um,
0: we're not a conspiracy podcast.
1: No, we're a Weezer podcast. So let's talk about the number one song of the year in
0: 1997, <laughs> Elton John's Candle in the Wind. Yeah, that, that's interesting to me. It's because Princes die, right? Am I way off base with that? No, you are not at all off base with okay. that. Okay, um,
1: that's what I thought. Because the song is also known as Goodbye, England's Rose. Um, so it was released on the 13th of September, 97 as a
0: tribute to Diana. That's why her beanie baby has a rose on it. Holy shit. I just put that together. Oh, and it's like the same color as the single. Oh, that, wait, that stupid Uh, purple.
1: No, and this is more
0: like a blue. Okay. Uh, Well, I guess it's Eh. like a bluish purple. Okay. Whatever. Huh. Anyways, uh, the albums were still in like pop, pop diva territory. Well, I guess Shania country. Shania Twain gets the number one album of the year with Come On Over. I mean, she leans more pop on that, I guess?
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, but yes, yeah, Celine Dion is still absolutely very near the top of the charts with the number two album of the year. Uh, Titanic soundtrack
0: oh, yeah. at number three. Um, Huge. And Backstreet's in like the top top 10, Spice Girls top 10, In Sync, I think is just below top 10, if not just cracking it. Okay. And, you know, with Shania getting the number two album,
1: album uh jewel actually has the number two song this year Oh, nice. um so this you know kind of female country uh singer
0: songwritery stuff yeah. seems to be landing in well isn't uh i'm about to ask more questions we're not ready for isn't lilith fair just around this time too as a pop culture kind of staple that uh they're getting all these singer songwriter women together just to really show how important it is at the time I
1: mean, when you go to Google just Lilith Fair, one of the first things that comes (laughs) up is best of Lilith Fair 1997 to 1999. So without going
0: too far, I would be inclined to agree with that take. I love it when I actually retain information and can use it spontaneously. Well, so uh, like we said earlier, ska, Ska is happening. No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom is out and probably one of the bigger even if some people don't call it ska, ska Jason albums. Yeah, um yeah, absolutely one
1: of the biggest ska and or ska adjacent Um uh, continuing on with the like kind of country that's landing Garth Brooks is pretty big this year. Yeah,
0: I feel like since since country artists of the 90s were so late to hop on to streaming, I feel like a lot of people nowadays don't remember how big some of these country artists were in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another big
1: soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack for the Lost Highway. Um, Was it
0: big or do you just like it, John?
1: No, it actually did quite well this year. Um, Lost Highway soundtrack. Let's see. What did this thing actually sell? Yeah, no, this thing went fucking it's gold in the U.S. for the soundtrack. That's not Gold. bad at all.
0: Why, why is that important, John?
1: Uh, because we've got a lot of Trent Reznor all over this thing. We've got some David Bowie on this thing. Um, and Trent Reznor is fucking excellent <laughs> bill so that's why i wanted to bring
0: it up uh well, what would uh, opposite of trent Reznor? um is out this year ah uh,
1: yes hansen okay um so more of the boy bands kind of sweeping the nation i mean backstreet boys are huge um in sync has put out not their biggest one yet that's yeah, gonna come a little bit they're, later they're on their way um
0: but they're On their way. Um, So, yeah. Maybe, if anything, Hanson is almost like the kid's bop version of, like, a Nirvana. Like, there's the joke t-shirt that has them on it, but it is taking the, like, three-piece boy band. Like, they all play their instruments, which is the difference between them and a boy band. Right. Okay. So, maybe that had something to do with that blowing up as much as it did. Yeah, who knows?
1: Uh, One that's absolutely going to be important to the Weezer story, like, 16 to 20 albums from now uh (laughs) is the radiohead album okay computer comes out in 1997
0: yeah i'm i'm not much of a radiohead guy myself are you john uh no we might need to bring on some guests to
1: really that uh, understand tom york yeah Yeah, because it's not uh not ever really been for me um but then bill what are the two the things in rock and roll that we wanted to talk about this year Cause I'm going to
0: let you, I'm going to let you go. Um, I'm hoping we're at the spot. I think we're at that. I notice there's a big disconnect between what's a popular single and what's a popular album. Yes. And that maybe it's something that's always been a trend and I've just never noticed, but going through these years, like I feel like a single song, uh, a, a single release, a top charting pop song, the album doesn't follow with it. Usually when we're looking at these lists, albums are completely different. And like their top charting song is somewhere in the forties, but their albums, the best selling. So I don't know what that, like, I like trying to figure this stuff out and I don't know really what that means because we're, we're getting close, but we're still like 10 years away from internet file sharing. That's Mm going to kill the album as we know it. But at this time it looks like there is a group of people just buying albums and a completely separate group of people that are buying singles. I really don't know what to do with this information, but that's what it looks like.
1: Yeah, no, and I would completely agree. If you look at these charts, um, the like the top five songs are not at all the top five albums, which is interesting to think that like none of the top singles of the year are coming off of the top albums. Exactly, exactly, and nowadays in the music streaming era, you would consider that the same thing because a stream of the single is a stream
0: of part of the album. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe we need to look into how album sales worked better in the 90s to understand this.
1: All right. Somebody that knows more, please come on our show and explain this to us. Um, but Bill, we're a music podcast. Let's listen to some goddamn music from 1997. Um, well, we're going to start with what we always start with: is the number one song of the year. Well, we have not actually set up two albums that came out in 1997 that we're going to talk about. So before we get into "Candle in the Wind,"
0: okay, okay, let's let's set up our two albums. Who do you have today? I am bringing to the table who I think might be one of the best holding up. Uh, Singles artists of the '90s, and that's Sugar Ray. And in 1997, they were still doing some funk metal type stuff, but on their album *Floored*, they put out the single *Fly*, which is how they would sound from then on. You might be able to say they completely sold out and switched their sound to this song because it did so well. But goddamn, I think it was a good choice. Okay, um, who are you bringing to the table,
1: Joan? Well, 97, we get the follow-up to the brilliant 1995 debut from uh, what at the time was a solo project from that guy from Nirvana. Oh, God. Uh, Dave Grohl has recruited a band. They are the Foo Fighters, and we get what is still the, their best album. The color and the shape yeah. in 1997 okay um i had written down that we were going to listen to everlong today because that's the huge one that everyone knows but uh now fuck you we're going to listen to something else and i'm going to surprise you with it okay um well but, can we
0: listen to the princess diana song first
1: yeah absolutely the number one track of 1997 elton john's candle in the wind
0: Fine. That sucked. (laughs) That was
1: bad. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh it was too obvious of a tribute song. Um, it wasn't fun to listen to, even as far as like really cliche songs for a moment go. Uh, that's not a fun tribute song. I appreciate the Parks
0: and Rec joke a lot more now. (laughs) That that's all I took away from that. Okay. Yeah. 90s were bad. Yeah. Macarena followed by Candle in the Wind were the number one songs.
1: No. Right. Just like a worthless dance pop hit followed by a mediocre at best tribute song to the biggest thing that happened
0: that year. Hey, uh, let's make this all sound stupid. And uh, Mm -hmm. can we roll... Sugar Ray's Fly God I hate this so much <laughs> yeah. Man This song sucks Put on something good Like Sugar Ray Dude Sugar Ray Fly,
2: Fly.
1: Bill, isn't that the same band you keep trying to get me to fucking listen to? I am a sucker
0: for a tight drum loop, man. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't any better
1: than the first song we listened to. To be honest with you, man, uh, that little like five to ten seconds where it got to be new metal <laughs> was the most in- interesting bit, but it wasn't the best bit. No, man, um,
0: we're taking we're taking the sounds of Sublime with those tight drum loops and uh, catchy hooks. We're throwing in some samples like we did with Beck. Like, it's starting to be the culmination of the 90s, which they're a few short ways, uh, a few short years away from hitting. They're right there. I don't don't like it, but you're not wrong. Um, I love it. Okay. I got got nothing
1: else to add. I just love it. All right. Well, that was uh, what I feel to be a horrible culmination of everything that is the 90s uh what we're going to listen to next is what i think is a culmination of everything that was righteous and good about the 90s uh so let's just get into up in arms by the foo fighters So that's not fucking weird.
0: Oh, my God. Trigger Race is so much better than the Foo Fighters. Oh, man. That's what I just realized. No,
1: go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, so at this time, Foo Fighters, uh, oh. Dave Grohl has... Re- Recruited a couple people. Yeah. Pat Smear is in the band at this point. Pat
0: Smear of the Germs, wonderful
1: guitarist, great dude. And we have also, at this point, uh, recruited Nate Mendel,
0: and who he, is he's splitting
1: there. time with Sunny Day Real Estate.
0: Oh, really? He's from Sunny Day?
1: Yeah, so he's on Diary at Diary of... Diary,
0: which is Sunny <laughs> Day Real Estate's biggest fucking one. He's okay. on The
1: Self-Titled, and then he's on uh, How It Feels to Be Something On.
0: But then he's with Foo Fighters forever, right?
1: Yes, uh, he almost leaves the Foo Fighters. Uh, according to Dave Grohl's book, he Nate leaves the Foo Fighters for like 24 hours, um, because he calls up and quits, and he's like, "Man, I just feel more comfortable with Sunny Day." And then he calls back like an hour later. He's like, they like a day later." He's like, "I'm sorry, Dave. Could I still be at the Foo Fighters?" <laughs> um, that's cute. But yeah, no. Uh, that's 1997 and good rock and roll, Bill. All right. You, you well, really thought that that Sugar Ray song was better than
0: that Foo Fighters song that we just listened 100%. to? One hundred percent. I'm not even just talking about those two songs. One hundred percent fly is better than uh, what was that? Up, up that, arms? that was Up in
1: Arms. Um, okay, I hate you, and you're wrong. But we still have another year of this stupid show to do before I slit your throat. Uh, <laughs> crank it out, 1998.
0: 1998.
1: Dude. Let's get it done. Uh, things happen as they do. Uh, in January, a report drops about the Bill Clinton Monica
0: Lewinsky scandal. I don't know if like I undersell this in my head or if presidents just didn't used to be completely insane at all times. Because like to me right now, I'm like, okay, yeah, big deal that like that's stupid and like don't abuse your power like that over an intern. Can we get this over with so we can solve world problems please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh but either way he uh, you know the report drops in January and then in December of 98 uh the house forwards articles of impeachment to please, the Senate.
0: Please follow Monica Lewinsky on social media. She's a goddamn riot. She's one of the funniest people on social media. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, okay. Um in 1998, also on weird shittiness, this is when the very botched, very not well done scientific study comes out that is now the thing that is cited in the absolutely horrible vaccines cause autism bullshit.
0: Um, <sighs> which led us to a really shitty 2020 and 2021. Yeah. So that's fun. You know what, Dennett, though? For that. You know what, Dennett? You know what was good? swing music we had a revival for some reason culminating in this gap commercial that's famous but like okay sprinkling in during the mask there was a scene bubbling already and then they got uh i think oh fuck i think it was royal crown review in the mask or maybe it was cherry pop and daddies it was one of the two but swing music guys it's back uh, that's fun and you know what else is fun
1: Furbies they're the big toy of the year they are it's, fun i mean not just the big toy of the year but the
0: massive craze of the year yeah I remember uh, huge t- deal t- yeah tickle me elmo it's a furby now it talks to you it repeats what you says what you says it's it's a it's a weird toy yeah so i don't remember the tickle me elmo much but i do remember furby
1: as a child yeah um what I don't remember is uh, Jesse
0: the Body Ventura
1: being elected to office. You, yeah. might, you might know this one a little bit better, Bill. This is a wrestling thing, it seems like. What?
0: Yeah, it's uh, from what I can tell, it's the start of wrestlers becoming politicians.
1: <laughs> Gotta love it. Okay. Uh, also, in 1998, we get the founding of Google. Uh, for me as a baseball guy, we get a fun home run race uh, between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire trying to get up to uh, you know 60 home runs. It was a big deal. It was fun.
0: Yeah, for me growing up in Chicago, it was all about Sammy Sosa. Oh,
1: see, I was a Mark McGuire guy. Even yeah. in Denver, um, I mean, Mark McGuire started in Oakland, which is my team. Uh, so even though I was in Colorado, Mark McGuire was our dude in my family. Um,
0: so so you know, we wrote down that the video game Half-Life was released this year, but... That was a big deal. Yeah, but do we need to talk about video games? I don't think we have time like at all but okay so i I think we need to add video games to
1: our media list and i am just going to mention a couple half-life came out in 1998 legend of zelda ocarina of time came out in 1998 that's a big deal something i mentioned earlier in this episode one of my big first games banjo kazooie comes out in 1998 so i probably got it christmas 98 so that that's it for video games this that was year. A good year for games. We will revisit that list because for us, it's a thing in
0: media that connects to the story. Oh yeah, and once uh, you get far gamers. enough in time, video games are pop culture, and video games are. Weezer art. has a
1: song about Fortnite. Fuck's sake!
0: Oh Christ! That's it's it's a Weezer show, Bill. <laughs> uh, what movies happened in 1998? Um, a lot of them. Big Lebowski hits, kind of pushing forward the uh, indie director boom we were talking about that starts to happen in the 90s, or that continues to happen in the 90s. Okay. Uh, Bugs Life and Ants come out, which is could have its own podcast on its own as to why those two movies happen in the same year.
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, Small Soldiers, another fun animated one that I'm a big fan of. Uh, Mulan, keeping with the animation, was very good. Yeah,
0: again, towards the end of Disney's reign.
1: Um, I mean, Saving Private Ryan was huge. Um, Truman Show, one of my favorites, Wedding Singer, one of my wife's favorites. Well, um, so
0: bring it to both of those real quick. Two very comedic actors doing some of their first really serious roles and also crushing it. Which I don't know if there's something in that with Nerdy Boy's Weezer being able to come into seriousness. Maybe it helps the world start to accept because we're three years after the release now two years okay okay
1: we'll see how that goes um it would be weird if we didn't mention slc punk because that's just a big deal for both of us i know yeah true um 1998 slc
0: punk if you haven't seen it watch it uh mm-hmm. any other movies you want to hit yeah yeah we are so far away from the nerd culture boom and the superhero movie boom that blade comes out and r-rated uh marvel movie one of the first like really well done superhero movies that is a success
1: okay oh and uh one more that i'm seeing now um fear and loathing in las vegas uh johnny depp playing hunter s thompson
0: delightful yeah great
1: film uh television not as big for me at least in 98 um yeah i don't know if there's too much id could even go off whose line is it anyway starts yeah the american version of whose line does start um i don't know shit about dawson's creek i don't know shit about will and grace no um we were watching some i love the 90s and the 1998 episode was all hyped about frasier um john did frasier
0: start in 1998 no
1: not at all (laughs) it was like in season six in 98 so like i like. If it was at the height of its popularity, that's all well and good, but, like... I don't think that was true, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I was not that old in 98. Uh, by the end of it, I was five, so if, if 98 was Frasier mania, please tell me I'm wrong, but, like, I love that show now, um, and it did not drop in 1998, <laughs> the way that uh, that episode
0: kind of made it feel. Yeah, I think Um, the big takeaway from our TV section right now is that we use I Love the... 90s for research purposes
1: i think it's a fun research <laughs> kind of phase for us yeah, well, uh, we and have like to, at least
0: for these years that we don't know yeah but we um, have to fact
1: check them uh, and they're wrong like half of the time i mean we have to fact check weezerpedia
0: oh, and shit. they're wrong half the time you're right this is what we're dealing with yep, here you're right you're carl right. cook come on the show set the record straight uh <laughs> you know what's been pretty straightforward though is births of celebrities during our year episodes uh yeah because
1: we are getting reality stars we are getting soundcloud rappers but we're also starting to get into the youtube stars uh this year we get uh xxx tentacion <laughs> i i mean i i know i always butcher it, it um, I, I don't know what it is yeah we know who um, you're talking about sure yeah that that rapper rest in peace i think he's dead yeah um uh, juice world also rest, and, rest, in rest in peace uh youtuber mr beast um rest in peace And soccer player. (laughs) I don't know shit about Mr. Uh, Not dead. Yeah. Uh, Then soccer player. Killian Mbappe is also born in
0: 98. Um, Speaking of rest in peace uh, deaths that happened in.
1: Oh, hey, nice segue. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Deaths in 98. We get Sonny Bono. Um, Bono. Bono. Sonny Bono. Uh, We get Frank Sinatra. The saddest for me this year is definitely Phil Hartman. The whole story is tragic and the Simpsons go downhill after this happens. True. Uh, but I'm
1: amazed with you being a Chicago guy, that the status for you was not Harry Carey, legendary Chicago Cubs radio broadcaster.
0: Uh, I was uh, rooting for Sammy Sosa because we had his beanie baby. Okay. Not because of <laughs> Harry <laughs> not Carey. Not because of baseball.
1: <laughs> ah, that's a shame. Okay. Uh, and also, Linda McCartney passes away in 1998. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's 98. Um, music
0: though. Music. Yes. We are still in this pop music, pop diva dominating world. It's interesting. Uh, top albums are share, believe, uh, Oh, and interesting, um, miss Lauren Hill is in the number two spot, which dominated at like in the number one slot for a lot of the year, which is really good album. It is crazy that she just like dropped the one after, uh Fuji's broke up. But oh, I believe she's going on a tour with a Fuji's reunion and just playing this album. Okay, that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Um, um Brandy never say never, Madonna hit with a Ray of Light, she just won't go away. Uh The Chicks with wide open spaces, again that country is just like here.
1: Right, and and <laughs> and looking at the singles, that's absolutely the case because Shania Twain comes in number 3 year-end Billboard. Uh, with You're Still the One, we got Leanne Rhymes, number five, with How Do I Live. Um, yeah, so we do still have mostly, though, this uh, female fronted country yeah. that's uh, popping up into the top singles charts.
0: Uh, something that loses me, though, because all of those popped into my head. The number one song of this year, I don't think I know. Too Close by next. I don't think I know this song Bill. Well, we're going to listen to it in a second, so maybe that'll jog our memories. Okay. Um well, some What was happening in rock and roll? Yeah, in the less main mainstream, uh Offspring dropped another
1: album. Okay, yeah, so uh, not the follow up to their massive uh, hit Smash, because uh, no, that was Ixnay on the Ombre, yeah. but they dropped Americana. Um, and this one was kind of a good, you know, some would say a return to form after Ixnay on the Ombre didn't do as
0: well. I mean, it didn't do as well, but I think it starts to drift off into their pop era because after this is Conspiracy a One. And I think this sounds more like Conspiracy of One than it does old offspring punk. Okay. Um, we also have Neutral Milk Hotel yeah. drop in the aeroplane over the sea. Well, the the whole indie scene is like indie and emo, as we were saying earlier, is yep. starting to really bubble around this time. Like Death Cab, is, I don't know if they've dropped an album yet, but it's starting to happen. Same goes for Dashboard Confessional. Saves the days going strong up in Jersey, like this emo indie underground thing is starting to bubble. It's never it's not gonna make its way to the top until let's say Fallout Boy and My Chemical Romance, but these are the seeds of it.
1: But isn't that kind of interesting as well? Like doesn't that mirror something that we've already kind of talked about where like hair metal had its thing, but then by the end of hair metal you really had to have the ballad, the slow song, and then pop punk has its explosion. And then kind of like on the tail end of it, if you didn't also have something that was like more indie and stripped down and lo-fi,
0: you you got kicked out a little bit quicker. Yeah. Every punk band had to add their ballad too. Um, There's something I was learning about today or just resituating myself with today called uh, rock music comes in 12 year cycles. And it held true from the 50s until about the digital era. So we are seeing that right now. That was kind of the death of hair metal. We're seeing it in the charts where even though this grunge explosion just died down, pop music took over again. So we're still a little bit away from this 12-year cycle fulfilling itself and rock music coming back.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be fun to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorites from this year, we get a good follow-up from Cake. We get Prolonging the Magic. I don't get Cake. Uh, you should get Cake. Cake is fun. Um, we get a Bare Naked Lady album. Um, I don't get Bare Naked lady. I don't get Bare Naked Ladies either, Okay. but this definitely... We're we're moving a little bit indie in our alternative. Our our alternative really started hard yeah. with punk, and now our alternative is starting
0: to yeah. flex a little bit of indie. Absolutely, it's it's uh, bare naked ladies, it's cake, it's Matchbox Twenty, it's this almost a, I want to say adult contemporary feeling alternative music yeah. is what popular rock music, kind of is is in the charts, anyways. Okay. Um. But
1: then there's also, I mean, some of the songs that we're going to listen to today are uh
0: a little bit different than what we've been talking about in the indie. Yeah, well, in the indie, we're way off the indie. We're we're uh we're new metal, John. Oh, I know. <laughs> we've been talking about a little bit
1: of how this grunge and shit is now flexing its indie. It is flexing the indie. Our our alternative has started to go this direction a little bit. But
0: yeah no. also
1: what is still really rearing its head in
0: 1998 is this fucking new metal. Yeah, kids are they're less apathetic than they were during grunge. Grunge was full of apathy and what filled its void was happier, brighter pop punk. So now we're happy, we're making dick jokes, some of us have horns, we're dancing. But there's a culture that's maybe it's the same thing that that bred black metal over in Europe in the nineties, things were too good. And some people didn't know what to rebel against. So they just wanted to be angry for angry sake. Okay. They needed new metal. They needed corn. They, they
1: needed kid rock.
0: Yeah. I was going to bring kid rock up during the country bit, but we're not there yet. He's new metal. He's he's, he's rap metal at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, at this point,
1: he is uh, much closer to, like, Limp biscuit than he is, like, a Donald Trump Republican
0: like he is now, you know? <laughs> Lord. All right, well, let's listen to some say. songs, John. Let's listen to the number one song first. Yeah, so Too Close By next. Um, I really don't think I've ever heard this song. I'm predicting some R&B, but...
1: Oh yeah, it definitely looks like a uh, R and B trio. So let's see how this goes. Let's Too go. close by you know next. So I wanna be very clear to anybody that might still be with us right now, that the number one song of 1998, uh, Too Close by Next, is a not at all subtle song about a boner. The hell was any of that? How was this the
0: number one song of 1998?
1: Like, as far as like just R and B hits go, it's, if you're not listening to it, it's fine. And Bill, like, I don't know. Like, I know that you don't listen to a lot of the music that you do listen to. So, like, if you're not listening <laughs> yeah, if, to the songs we just listened attention? to, it's totally fine. But if you sit down and you listen to too close by next, it is literally I'm grinding on you at the club and I get a boner and you and then the girl actually comes in and says, (laughs) like, you're dancing too close. I can feel you poking me with your dick.
0: That was weird. That's the number that one weird, song man. of 1998. I feel weird. What the fuck? I feel. I felt really <laughs> weird listening to that with just you in the room with our headphones <laughs> on, staring into each other's eyes. Yeah. Why did we choose to do that for the
1: entire four minutes? We could have not stared into each other's eyes, but why did why did we lock
0: eyes for four minutes? Before? Maybe we just figured out why it was the number one song. <sighs> Well, I get wow. let's Let's listen to some good music, wow. I guess. Uh, Kid Rock put out an album. The 90s were bad, man. Like, uh, So, this is going to be the last episode of our show. Thanks for being with us, guys. Uh, no, all right. We're going to listen to Kid Rock real quick. Uh, Kid Rock put out Devil Without a Cause. During this time, Kid Rock was. Honestly, he was just a rapper for his first two or three albums. And by the time this one came around, he leaned more into the rap metal, which he noticed was starting to pop off. So his album, Devil Without a Cause, came out. We are going to listen to I Am the Bull God. All right. Not Ball with the Ball.
1: Okay, let's check it out. I Am the Bull God. Look, that was not as bad as I wanted it to be. Good. Um,
0: it's, uh, I mean, there's a lot that shows what is happening in the 90s. Like, you had to have record scratches. I don't know why. Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: And, and that was my big takeaway from this. It's just like, oh, man, like, Rage Against the Machine is going to be the biggest thing in the world next time we do one of these episodes. Yeah, um, they're
0: going to have their VMAs moment. And...
1: People want this shit so bad. And I don't think that that was particularly good. That is
0: absolutely not something that I would choose to listen to on my own. Um, well, what's interesting is it is, yeah. a, it is a song that he held over from his very first album. So he's already been working on that for five years. Apparently only changed a couple lines from the first release and this release. Okay. He was like, that's one of the best. I'll keep that.
1: I think my biggest takeaway is that uh, rap rock feels like both a twin of and the antithesis of funk metal. And I don't really like either of them.
0: Oh, because new metal comes from funk metal and rap, 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 rap rock also Ramp comes from funk metal. Yeah. Uh, well, play us another song birthed of funk metal, John,
1: Yeah, because corn in this new metal shit i mean i liked corn i liked corn um and honest to god corn is one of those bands for me that i have to give a lot of love to because they were one of like the first things that got me outside of very conventional rock and roll absolutely into the heavy um so I don't think I've actively listened to Korn since like freshman year of high school. <laughs> but the song that we're about to listen to did make my playlist when I was a freshman in high school. That's so um, I think we should just l- listen to the hit. Let's listen. I mean, no, let's listen to the second hit. Second hit. Let's listen to Got the Life uh, off of Korn's 1998 Fall of the All right, I kind of forgot
0: how fun that band was. That didn't suck at all. Korn's decent. That's yeah. a good song. I'd, I'd that was fun. Greatest hits from Korn. I don't think anybody should be playing slap bass in the year 1998. I hate slap bass. Yeah, not typically my style. But that's uh, where your funk metal uh, techniques come from.
1: I mean, we've done now five years... In a couple of these episodes now. And I think my biggest takeaway from the songs that we've listened to over the course of Blue Album and now Pinkerton Gear and Review episodes that we've done is um the post Nirvana late nineties of American rock and roll was a
0: fucking wild west. Yeah, it absolutely was. It's a grab bag the pop music's reigning supreme once hair metal fell punk filled the hole as best it could, but it never, it never stuck for this first pop. Yeah. And now it
1: really does just feel like a dog fight between your Becks, your Foo Fighters, your Green Days, your Weezers, your Cakes, your Corns, your Tools. There's, the landscape was so barren, Swing came back. I, but also, it's not <laughs> at all barren. We've talked about some really good bands and really good albums that have come out over these years. Um, bands and albums that have been influential to us and our listening. It was just a really
0: odd landscape at the time. It was. Like, hmm. And if we want to circle it all back, that could be credited so what happened to Pinkerton and what's going to happen to Weezer? Yeah. And I think we're going to find out how it went for them personally on our next episode. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. D- these are really fun episodes, I think. Yeah. Um Us, us kind of getting outside of Weezer and uh, seeing the context of the world around it. Um,
0: yeah. Trying... Uh, what's the phrase? Trying not to lose the forest for the no not lose the trees for the forest we yeah yeah (laughs) we're trying to get the whole scope of what is happening in this time not just what was happening around rivers
1: huh wow
0: Uh, that that was an interesting
1: one all right bill anything else we need to hit on um we are at the end of 1998 in weezer and pop culture Uh, We have listened to Pinkerton. Next time uh, we're out on this show, we're going to be out on the road with Weezer. We're
0: going to be touring Pinkerton. We're going to make a couple very weird TV appearances.
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) We're going to make some weird TV
0: appearances. Yeah. Um, uh, We're going to see if Weezer gets out of 1998 as a band. (laughs) Spoiler alert, Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: um yeah but if you've been with us thus far thank you so much it's always a pleasure to have you uh but one more thing before we get out bill you weezer fan (sighs)
0: and don't
1: forget to hit us up on our socials uh bill you run all that shit where are we at
0: we are on instagram at are you a weezer fan we are on x and twitter at a y a w f pod and shoot us an email at are you a weezer fan at gmail.com oh and don't forget we are
1: launching our patreon we're going to put the link for that in the description of this episode and all of our past and future episodes uh yet yeah, join us on patreon if you'd like we're gonna have some bonus content uh in which we just pull some records out of the bin and talk about them uh So yeah, thank y'all so much.